The game of the week in the Pac-12 and in all of college football is Oregon at Washington in a top 10 showdown. And across this great conference, it doesn't have the biggest implications. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free, but until then, beloved and loaded. Conference of Champions, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Game overviews, game predictions, Pac-12 prime picks, it's all coming your way here today on Locked On Pac-12, including a look to end today's show at the best offensive lines, at least from what I have seen so far. But Washington at Oregon, the big matchup, college game day. I've spoken my piece on what Washington State fans should have to say to Pat McAfee, and I think they'll do a good job, and it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be beautiful because Seattle is a beautiful city, and Husky Stadium is a great place to play a big-time college football game, and Oregon and Washington are doing just that. It's the biggest game because of the rivalry component, because they're in the top 10, because they're both undefeated, and because the winner has an inside track to the college football playoff and Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas. Maybe the maybe the second one before the first one, but depends on how you're thinking about things. Still, both are in play for the winner. The reason I began today's show saying that it doesn't have the biggest implications is because the loser of that game is not out of it. Oregon and Washington both have tremendously difficult schedules after this game on Saturday afternoon. They both have to play USC. They both have to play Utah. They both have to play Oregon State. They both have to play Washington State. Last I checked, all of those teams are currently ranked inside the top 25. Now, does Utah get easier if Cam Rising isn't there? Sure. But he's got to come back at some point, right? Well, I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. But... That game is going to be fantastic. It's the game of the week. It's the marquee matchup. It absolutely should be. But if you're talking about importance of a win, it is not number one. It is not number one. Because the Pac-12's playoff hopes do not rest on the outcome of that game. Both those teams could make it even if they lose. That is 100% in play. I think both are good enough. Both have the schedule. And neither will be in a position where it'll be impossible. It'll be harder, no doubt. It'll be harder to make the Pac-12 championship game. It'll be harder to make the college football playoff. It will not be impossible. So let's talk about the teams that have got the most on the line from a conference perspective going into this week. UCLA and Oregon State. Tomorrow night is going to be an outstanding football game. I think it's going to be a slugfest. I think it is going to be physical. It is really, really clear. Both teams are playing for the right to keep their Pac-12 championship hopes alive. That simple. Both have very favorable schedules. Fact check true. But UCLA still has to play USC. 
They still have to play Colorado and Arizona and Cal. And I think they're capable of losing to one of those three teams. They're certainly capable of losing to USC. And if that's the case, if they're not able to beat USC, they'd end up at nine and three and six and three in conference play. That won't get you to the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon State. We've had Carter Baines of Beaver Blitz and 24-7 Sports on this show. He and I agree. Best case scenario is probably Oregon State splitting with the Ducks and the Huskies later this year to end the regular season. Well, that's that means that with a loss already on the resume to Washington State, you got to be able to win this game because seven and two is capable of getting you to the Pac-12 championship game. Not a guarantee. Nine and zero, of course, gets you there. Eight and one, I think there's about a ninety-nine point nine nine percent chance that you get to that particular game. But you can't ensure what your future holds unless you have one or zero conference losses. And only one team between Oregon State and UCLA are going to emerge with Pac-12 title hopes and dark horse college football playoff hopes on the line. Remember, Oregon State and and UCLA do not have difficult schedules. Of the six perceived contenders coming into the year, I like Oregon State more than UCLA, and I think they'll prove that on Saturday night at Reeser. Oregon State and UCLA have got immensely favorable schedules compared to what Washington and Oregon and USC and and, and Utah have to go through, and Utah without Cam Rising, I mean, that's not even a Pac-12 contender. I think we all understand that. It's still a good team. It's not a Pac-12 contender. So UCLA and Oregon State, Loser can still have a good season. Loser still maybe could get to the Pac-12 title game, but boy, it feels like you would need so many things to go your way for that to happen. So their Pac-12 title and playoff hopes are on the line. And don't forget about USC. Don't forget about USC. Again, the Trojan second half of the schedule, which they're going into, and they had their bye early in the year, so they're going to have to just roll through this gauntlet week after week after week after week they don't get a break in there at any point in time they've already had that they've got to play notre dame they've got to play utah we'll see if cam rising is back uh, for that game or not that certainly makes it more or less challenging whether or not he's there they've got to play ucla they've got to play washington and they've got to play oregon anybody think that with what we've seen from uc usc they're going through those five games undefeated i i don't think they'll have a too much of a problem with Cal, bullish on the Bears compared to their preseason expectations, though I have been and mildly remain, given that you know their quarterback situation is not exactly where, where Justin Wilcox and uh, Jake Spavadol would perhaps like it to be, the offensive coordinator. But USC, if, if you assume they're going to lose at least one of Oregon, Washington, Utah, UCLA, which I do, I, I don't think it's a hot take to say, mm, not going 4-0 in those games. You got to go at Oregon. Washington can throw the ball all over the field and score a bunch of points. Utah's beaten you twice before. So this is not exactly a hot take. And UCLA is a good team, though I think the Trojans will ultimately win that game. So USC is playing for their college football playoff hopes this week. Not, Not technically, right? Mathematically, they can still be in it. Technically speaking, they can remain alive. It just gets so immensely difficult with the schedule they have to go through. They do have three of those four hard hard games at home. UCLA is at home. Utah is at home. Washington is at home. Oregon is on the road. But this is going to be a difficult game. Doesn't look like Zachariah Branch is going to play. Offense hasn't been quite the same, though still very good 
with without him in the lineup. There's still a lot of good receivers there, but Branch added a really explosive dynamic element, particularly in the short passing game. He's a guy who can turn five yards into 15 really, really quickly. He's also involved on special teams with, I think, at least one kick return for a touchdown this season. Might have two. He is a really good player. Doesn't like he's doesn't look like he's going to be there. So USC is going on the road as an underdog for the first time this season. The conditions might be not supremely favorable for throwing the football, and we'll see what Notre Dame brings to the table. I think the Irish are going to win that football game. I'll talk about that more later when I get to my predictions. But this is why I feel that USC's playoff hopes are on the line, that Oregon State and UCLA's playoff slash really more Pac-12 title hopes are on the line, have to win the game to keep those hopes in the running. Whereas Oregon and Washington can be alive for the playoff or the call or the Pac-12 championship game, even with a loss on Saturday, though it is most definitely a setback. And it's also, you know, a massive rivalry game, which was hardly, hardly fought and, or not hardly fought, um, hard fought and tightly contested a season ago. Yeah, all the juice is going to be flowing there. This is going to be an awesome weekend of college football. I mean, fantastic. Three top 25 matchups in the Pac-12. And I haven't even mentioned Washington State and Arizona. I did talk about them on yesterday's show because they, of course, deserve their props. So, predictions and the Pac-12 prime picks. I'm trying to get over 500. Can we do it? I think we can. You can find the best qualified candidates using LinkedIn jobs these days. Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And that's why you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. If I was going to look for you know a gambling helper, because apparently I need one, uh, I would go with LinkedIn jobs, which helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. All right, we got to keep things rolling today. So much to get to on the show. Let's start with tonight's game as we move into the Pac-12 prime picks. A Friday night bout in Boulder. Someone should call it that. The bout in Boulder, although I don't know how much of a bout it's going to be. So, in the range of outcomes I talked about on yesterday's show, I, I did in fact see and still do see a world in which Stanford could pull the upset here. It's not impossible. This is a Stanford team that took Arizona down to the wire. You could argue should have won the game. They certainly could have. They just didn't. That Arizona team has since gone toe-to-toe with two of the best teams in the Pac-12, Washington and USC. So it's not as if they're completely incapable Though against Oregon, and they did kind of look that way. And they've looked that way when they, you know, lost to Sacramento State. And they looked that way, yeah, against USC. So this is a Colorado team that is coming off a real nice win on the road against Arizona State, who has a nice defense. And the Buffs, look, I loved them to cover last week. And they were on the cusp of doing so. And guess what? I'm doubling down on the Buffs. They are 11.5 point favorites here against Colorado, according to our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. And I think the Buffs are going to run away with this one. This Stanford defense is terrible. There's no no other way to put it. David Bailey is a good defensive player. That is the only guy defensively I've seen that would start on basically any other team in the Pac-12. It is just void of the sort of talent needed to be a high-level unit on that side of the ball. Colorado's offense put up 27 points on the road last week. 
They have been even better at home, as everybody always is. Boulder's going to be a sellout because they want to see a win. And by the way, Colorado is on track to become bowl eligible this year. And this would be win number five. They've already surpassed their season win total. Look, the Dion hype train is not what it was during the non-conference slate. Oregon and USC, especially Oregon, really put all that stuff to bed a little bit. But guess what? Colorado is still a team that knows how to move the football, that has found greater success running running the ball in the last couple of weeks, particularly against USC two weeks ago on this field. I think they do that again against Stanford, who can't stop the run or the pass. I think Colorado scores a lot of points. I think the Buffs defense has actually been playing a lot better. They, they played pretty well on the road against ASU last week, and Stanford is in ASU's class a lot more than they are USC's by a long shot. We saw that play out on the field. Colorado 38, Stanford 17, swallow the 11 and a half at home. I think the Buffs win this game by more than two touchdowns. How about those California Golden Bears? What to do here? Now, here's my, I went back and forth on whether to exclude this game or the Washington State Arizona game. I landed on excluding the Washington State Arizona game from the prime picks, though a prediction is still coming uh, a little bit later on. Cal is plus 10 and a half. It was once upon a time 13 and a half, which screams that Utah is the side. Here's the thing. Cal's defense this year was terrible against Oregon State, and it was amazing against Auburn, and it was good against North Texas, and it was good enough against Arizona State. With Nate Johnson at the helm for Utah in all likelihood, which is my presumption here and also my hesitation, I lean towards Cal's defense playing better than they have in other games this season, like Washington or Oregon State. This Utah offense without Cam Rising is not a Pac-12 contending offense. It's not the same team. They do not score a lot of points. I think this, much like the UCLA game, was a slugfest, and I think Utah wins because they are at home, and their defense is still really good, and Cal has a three-way revolving door of quarterbacks, and I have no idea what to expect there. But that number still in the double digits, if you see it there, if it goes under 10, I'd stay away. But at 10 and a half, I'll swallow those points and ride the Bears plus 10 and a half, Utah 20, Cal 13. It could be even more low scoring than that. It honestly could be. Do not be surprised if Cal seriously pushes to end Utah's home winning streak here. Cam Rising isn't there. It's just not the same Utah team. Now, here is where I uh, am a sellout to some, honest to others, not giving my actual opinion to others. There are a variety of opinions on this next particular game. Washington hosting Oregon. In Seattle, dogs are a less than three-point favorite. Don't even have to give up a field goal at home. Great stat, 27-1. That's the home record straight up for Pac-12 favorites so far this season. I think that continues this week, and the home favorites get it done time and time again. I think Colorado wins. I think Utah wins, but Cal covers. And I do think Washington wins, 34-30. If this were a neutral site or at Autzen Stadium, I would like Oregon. I trust their defense more than Washington's. But this is in Seattle. The Ducks have struggled out of the gate in their two road games this season. I do like as an Oregon fan that they've played that close game against Texas Tech because this feels like it's going to be that. 
But when you have essentially a toss-up of, of teams, which is what I feel we've got here with Oregon and Washington, both are really good and after this week are going to remain number one and two power rate in the pack unless one team blows out the other, which I don't anticipate whatsoever. There's a world in which Oregon wins. There's a world in which Washington wins. I think we're living in the world where Washington gets it done because they are at home. Washington 34, Oregon 30, swallow the two and a half uh, on their home field. How about Notre Dame and USC? Notre Dame and USC. See, how about those Trojans on the road? No Zachariah Branch. Notre Dame in wounded animal mode. Weather might not be great. That favors a team that can run the football more. Look, Caleb Williams is the best player on the field in every game he plays. And it's why no matter who USC plays, whether it's Arizona State or Washington or Oregon or Notre Dame in this instance, USC has a chance to win the football game. A pretty darn good one. However, This is them going on the road to play the best opponent they've matched up with all season long, even better than Arizona. I am always weary of teams that are lower ranked or unranked that are favored against a higher ranked team. USC is number 10. Notre Dame is 21. Notre Dame is a two and a half point favorite. Why? Because they are at home. I think this is a bounce back spot for the Irish. They've had a tough slate to go through over the last couple weeks. They've had some really narrow losses. And I trust the Irish on both sides of the ball more than USC. Not offensively, perhaps, unless it starts raining. Who's got the better ground game? Give me Audric Estime. If he plays, I love the Irish. If he doesn't play, I like the Irish. I'll go Notre Dame 38, USC 30. No, 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 no. hold on. That's that's too high scoring for what the weather might be. I think this is lower scoring than people think. Notre Dame 27, USC 23. Lowest scoring game of the year for the Trojans. I think the rain plays a factor. I think Notre Dame tries to milk the clock. 27, I'm jotting that down right now. That is a live recording switch on my prediction. I had 38-30 and then thought, "Mm, no, not quite. Notre Dame, swallow the two and a half, 27-23. They beat USC. Last one, Oregon State against UCLA. Probably my favorite pick of the week. Probably my favorite pick of the week here on the Pac-12 Prime Picks because Oregon State at home has been a different team defensively, and they have found a groove as of last week offensively with DJU in this passing attack. Now, this is a great test. I mean a fantastic test for the Oregon State offense. This is the best defense they will have gone up against yet. yet, Yes, even better than Washington State's, though that was a good one, and they didn't fare well. But they were on the road. This is at home. This is at home. Oregon State, over the last two seasons, has lost just one time at Reeser Stadium. Chance Nolan threw four interceptions, and Caleb Williams still had to play Superman to win by three. I do not believe this UCLA team can accomplish what USC did a season ago. I think Oregon State remains, outside of that one game, unbeaten at Reeser here. They're a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I will swallow that. And the reason I like Oregon State is the offensive line, which is I'll get to to wrap up today's show, I think is the best unit in the Pac-12 overall. The PFF grades reflect that in a lot of ways, and my eye test tells me that, and I like their talent, and I like them coming into the year. They've been exceptionally good. I think that neutralizes UCLA's greatest strength, which is their front four. Laitu Latu and the Murphy brothers, they will have their wins. They will have their moments. They'll sack DJU a couple times. They will not be able to dominate in the trenches like they did against Washington State. I like Oregon State here. Take the three and a half. 
Oregon State 24, UCLA 17. I think Dante Moore has at least two turnovers in, in a rowdy environment in Corvallis. And the Beavs keep their Pac-12 title hopes alive. And, and UCLA loses theirs, though uh, the Bruins still a solid team this year. So just to re, re, uh, recap here. That's the word I was looking for. I almost said recuperate. I don't know why. Pac-12 prime picks. Colorado minus 11.5. Cal plus 10.5. Washington minus two and a half, Notre Dame minus two and a half, Oregon State minus three and a half. I am one game under 500 on the season. I would love for a three and two. I'd be ecstatic with a four and one. A five and oh might make me jump for joy. I'll settle for a four and one. Let's get over 500. No Washington State. I did not forget about you. I would never forget about you. And I have a prediction in that game and the reason why I stayed away. You can bet that game if you want to at FanDuel, though. You can. It's there. It's available. I just, I don't know. It's a weird number, right? It's a really weird number. But this NFL season in college football, you can get into the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use with a bunch of different options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and our sponsor here at the network. That includes the Pac-12 Prime Picks, of course, which I'm hoping to have a really good week. Final game prediction. I didn't put this in the Pac-12 prime picks because eight and a half is a weird number. I, 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 it, it's not a touchdown and a field goal. You know, it's not a nine and a half, ten and a half. It's not a seven and a half, six and a half. It's not a three and a half, four and a half. I, 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 I don't like that number. I, I lean towards Arizona in the points, but Washington State at home is really good. They're, they're really good. I think the Cougars are winning this football game. Arizona is a good team. Washington State is just better. Washington State is highly motivated after a really frustrating, disappointing loss last week against UCLA. I don't think, though Arizona's defense has improved, they can match the level or get close to what UCLA did a week ago. And I think that's going to free up Cam Ward to get back to his normal normal self to complete passes to Kelly and Williams and maybe get Nakia Watson going in the ground game a bit. The way you stifle this Washington State team, UCLA gave us the blueprint. The offense only scored 10 points. You dominate in the trenches because the offensive line is just okay. It's not bad, but it's just okay. They don't run block very well. It's not a specialty of theirs. Neither team in the state of Washington likes running the football very much. Both teams in the state of Oregon love to run the football. I don't know what why that is. It's just the way things have shaken out. So for Washington State at home, it's a tough place to win. It is a tough place to win. Wisconsin learned that. Oregon State learned that. And Arizona is going to learn that. Now, I, I, I lean towards an Arizona cover. Eight and a half is a lot for a good Arizona team. Whether it's Fafita or Delora, doesn't appear to be much of a difference. Defense is playing better. Jed Fish, game plans very well. I have not lost faith in Washington State. Before the season, I said their ceiling was nine and three. They can still hit that. They, they can still hit that and and go nine and three. Heck, maybe they could go 10 and two if they beat one of Oregon and Washington. We'll, we'll just have to see. Their schedule, ridiculously favorable. I still like the Cougs. I definitely like them at home. That has been a consistent theme of mine this year. I like when you have quarterback play I can count on and when you're at home. 
And who do I like this week? Washington, good quarterback at home. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame, good quarterback at home. Oregon State, DJ Uyunglele, good enough quarterback at home. Colorado, Shador Sanders, good quarterback at home. And, and, and those teams have tended to win far more often than not. So I don't like the eight and a half number. It's weird. I would... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington State wins by 20. I wouldn't be surprised if Washington State wins by two. I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona wins the football game outright. So I don't like having that big of a range of outcomes, so I stay away from it as a prime pick. I think Washington State wins 31 to 27. Mailbag question to wrap up this Friday show and get you set for the weekend. This from Argon Hubert. Mailbag is always open, by the way. YouTube comments or Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12. DMs and mentions wide open. Wants me to rank the Pac-12 offensive lines. So this is a reflection of uh, data gathering and information that I've done on PFF, parsed with my own thoughts and observations on the offensive lines. So let's start at the top. Oregon State, number one. They run the ball so well and they don't have the quarterback read as a component of it. They can pass protect, showed that last week against Cal. I like Oregon State's offensive line. Number two, I like Oregon's. I have it just ahead of Washington's because I think they're better in the run blocking department. Now, they don't get asked to run block as often with with, with regards to the Huskies offense, but I think overall on the interior, I like Oregon's side of the ball just a little bit more. I, I think the tackles are kind of a wash. Washington's are really good. Oregon's have been good this year as well, especially Johnny Cornelius, the Rhode Island transfer. So I'll take Oregon number two. Washington number three, Penix has been upright. He has to be to succeed, has been all season long. Washington three, USC four, they have done enough. They run the ball better than you think because you always think of Caleb Williams first. I like USC four. Utah at five, look, they haven't been struggling offensively because their offensive line can't protect or they can't run block. They just don't have enough of the quarterback position. They just don't. And I think the quarterback position could also help the offensive line more. But uh, still, Utah 5, Arizona 6. I mean, I watched them run the ball against Washington. I see their quarterbacks having time to throw. I, I mean, I, I like that unit. I do. Like, I haven't watched an Arizona game this year and felt like, man, their offensive line is the reason they lost. Not really. Not not really. Like, they, they might be a year or two away from a serious conference contender, but man... I like what I've seen from him. Uh, UCLA, seven. I can't get the image of the Utah game out of my head. I know it's a good defense, but if you want to be higher on this list, you can't have a game where Dante Moore is, you know, only having enough time to make one read, even if it's against Utah. Like, you just, you can't have that. DJU wasn't pressured the way he was uh, against the Utes, and UCLA got dominated there. Their, their, Their offensive line is decent, but I haven't been super duper impressed with them this season. They've been fine. Washington State. Definitely below UCLA's. I think there's a little bit of a gap there, more than just seven to eight UCLA to Wazoo, because UCLA's offensive line can run block, and they're okay but not great in pass protection, but their run blocking, I have been more impressed with. Washington State can't really run the football, but they can protect Cam Ward. They can protect Cam Ward. They can also get absolutely demolished like they did last week, and I think they're uh, in a motivational spot this week going up against Arizona. Cal at number nine. It's better than last year. It's still not great. It's it's still just like it's it's not not terrible. Arizona State uh, is at ten. I have them one spot above Colorado, and then Stanford's at twelve. I, I I can make the case for Colorado to be at twelve, except 
you can't throw the ball as much as they have with success and have nothing offensively from your offensive line. And, you know, they've at least gotten something. But, I mean, that Oregon game also, you know, like the Wazoo game against UCLA or UCLA against Utah, like that was just a complete and utter mauling. And Colorado was allowed, you know, close to the most sacks in the country this year for Shadur Sanders, who's a pretty mobile quarterback. Um, but Stanford, you know, can't do anything offensively. And that, and that starts with the fact that they don't block very well up front. So Pac-12 O-line rankings right now. At the midway point in the regular season, Oregon State, Oregon, Washington, USC, Utah, Arizona, UCLA, Washington State, Cal, Arizona State, Colorado, and Stanford. All right, that's enough. Let's get to the weekend. Let's get to some football, shall we? Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And as always, have a wonderful rest of your day.